Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2021 Waste Management Phoenix Open. DB here. We're going to have a good show tonight. We're going to talk about TPC Scottsdale, what it takes to play well here, what we've heard from a few caddies, uh, our picks for DraftKings, for DFS, the guys we like, the guys we don't like. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, you're going to have a chance to win a full set of golf clubs tonight. So that's early on in the show. You're going to want to listen to that, how you can win some irons, some tailor-made irons, a tailor-made driver. Pretty sweet deal. You're going to want to listen to that. It's super easy. It won't cost you a dime. We're going to talk about the golf course, the key to playing well, what we're hearing about it. Uh, we're going to talk about our sportsbook picks, some early outright thoughts, guys who we think are way overpriced, bombs that we think are way underpriced, uh, some top 10 bets, some top 20 bets at the end. We're going to have our chunk and run segment tonight where we talk about if we could cheat on anything in life, what we, what we would cheat on in honor of Patrick Reed, and give our thoughts on Patrick Reed and his wild, dramatic-filled weekend. That should be fun as well. Of course, brought to you by our friends at fantasynational.com slash TJ. Listen, Fantasy National Golf Club is where we've gone for the last four years to get our stats, to get all of our information on the PJ Tour, recent form, tournament history, modeling, ownership projections, key stats, all that stuff. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. Sign up with promo code TOURJUNKIES to get 20% off any membership level, weekly, monthly, or annually. And if you pick weekly and you like it, you want to switch to monthly or annually, you still get the 20% off. We trust them. We love them. Their their data is sourced right from the PJ Tour. It's the best website out there if you're betting or playing DFS golf. All right, let's get into the Waste Management Phoenix Open 2021. What's going on, golf addicts, the tour junkies with you, Pat? Rocking the old school TJ shirt there, bud. Look at yeah. that. Yeah. That is that is Gain. the first ever tour junkie shirt. Gain your edge. Gain your edge, baby. That's yeah. what we do. You look good, man. DB here, ready to get it going for the Waste Management Phoenix Open 2021. It's the People's Open live from TPC Scottsdale. We're going to have a great show for you tonight. A lot of fun stuff going on. Uh, Pat, my podcast shoots tonight. I'm mixing it up a little bit. I'm go. It's a nice, very cool evening here in Augusta, Georgia. I have a blood orange bourbon Manhattan tonight. Hmm, that sounds delicious. Well, you know what? I mm. got a side bay. I got a side bay tonight. I've had baby. one of those. Yeah. Do you know what a side bay is? Oh, I do. I do, my brother. That's an IPA from Wild Leap. That's some good stuff. That's right. Little Double little IPA, I think. Bay. Yeah. Double. Mm. Double IPA this week. Mm. Mm. Love me a double IPA. Uh, we're going to have a great time tonight. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, go ahead and give it a thumbs up because we know you're going to like it. If you're already in here, you're going to like it. Just give it a thumbs up, okay? Give it a thumbs up. We're going to have a good time. All right, we got some fun stuff. First of all, I do have to go ahead and do this for everybody. <clears throat> oh, beautiful. Look at that. Just, mm. That's uh, majestic. That is a majestic t-shirt you're wearing right there. For those of you not watching on YouTube or possibly visually impaired, I am showing my Ryder Cup Captain America Patrick Reed t-shirt that we made after he handily won on a very controversial um, weekend at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open. We were all over it, but not on him at all. So had a little sweat going into Sunday. I, you know, every every week of 2021, we've had a good sweat, Pat. We we had a 
we had a the runner up. We had Joaquin Neiman at the Tournament of Champions. Then we we had uh, I, don't, I don't maybe we didn't have anybody at the Sony, but then we hit Siwoo Kim at the Amex. Um, and then going into Sunday, we had Carlos Ortiz at a hundred to one, and we had Adam Scott, who just completely both of them completely just obliterated their drawers in a awful way. Yeah, it wasn't very good, but you know what? At least we had a little action going into going into Sunday, but and that's what happens. It's golf and Torrey Pines is such a difficult course. You know, it's just like when you have a really great lineup in DFS and you're looking, you know, looking great on Saturday night, especially on these tough courses, you can't count any of your money yet. You can't You can't you, my count. Dad, my dad always told me, "Don't count your money. Don't count your money." And uh But then the yeah, song says, "You better count Pines. your money." Remember uh Bone Thugs redid that song? Uh, Yeah, it was a good week, fun week, a lot of controversy. We're going to talk more about the Patrick Reed situation at the end of the podcast. We're going to have a chunk and run segment tonight. We're going to talk about our favorite Patrick Reed moments, possibly riff on what happened, although you can go to many different places and get opinions on what happened. And we're also going to talk about maybe what we would cheat on in our everyday life if we could cheat on something and get away with it. We're going to talk about that in honor of Mr. Patrick Reed. Uh, I got to give a shout out to our boy Ben Little, Chalk Bomb Ben, continues to crush it on the Chalk Bomb game. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama was the Chalk Bomb this week, finished T53. So since the Chalk Bomb started in 2021, for 2021, we've had two missed cuts and a T53. That is pretty dang good for those of you keeping score at home. If you're not already subscribed, I'm not really sure. Also, the 10 key stats that we post for free on tourjunkies.com every single week. 10 key stats is the place to start your, your research. It's the first article we release on Tuesday mornings. Had Patrick Reed's name in it four times. Oh, he was all over the 10 key stats. You got to get on that free content. It's really good. It's very, very good. Uh, yeah, so shout out to him. Good stuff, Pat. Let's get into the course breakdown. But before we do that, I'm going to give something away. I'm going to give away a piece of me. Pat, a piece of me. Oh, a piece of you. Okay. Yeah, I got a. It, it, I'm opening my chastity belt right now for the listeners. Um, I got a new set of irons. Uh, I'm happy to say. I'm happy to say I have a new set of Mizuno irons. They're beautiful, and they're very shiny, and uh, they don't have you know marks all over the toe yet. But um, I, I have my old irons, and I just want to give them to a listener. I just want to give my old irons to a listener. And you know what? You may be like, dude, that's the cheapest thing I've ever heard of. You hand me down irons, like give me a break. And you know what? You're, you're probably right, but we've given away a ton of nice stuff on the show. So it's now it's time we give like more consignment shop stuff. So I have a new set of irons. I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, I'm going to show you the irons right now in this quick video. Producer Sam, you can fire the video. Yo, what up, TJ? Uh, I am giving away my old irons. I just got new irons. I'm giving these bad boys away. They're the 2017 tailor-made forged p770s okay they look real nice still all right i got a four iron through pitching wedge uh they all have these brand new golf pride red grips uh tour wraps and they all have these nippon uh let's see nippon modus pro shafts um tour 120s these are the nippon tour 120s extra stiff okay so a little bit faster swing speed here for most of you you're going to need that uh i would say anybody from like a five four handicap all the way up to maybe a 15 if you swing hard enough could benefit from these bad boys 
I'm going to give them away. I've cleaned them up for you. I'm going to ship them to you for free. And uh, yeah, they, they all look nice. There's no like major issues with them. You can tell I got that one on the toe a little bit more often than, than I would like to. But anyway, uh, they're all uh, about one degree upright. Standard length, standard lofts. Uh, yeah, extra stiff. I think that's it. So yeah, you know what to do. Okay, those are my irons. Now, they're not even four years old, Pat. Those things are not even four years old. I've hit a lot of good shots yeah. with those things, and I think there's probably still a lot more left in there. Can can I can I add into this package? Mm-hmm. Mm. I didn't even... I didn't even I didn't Wait, even there's more? That. Yeah, there's more. So I'm oh. about to maybe... I, actually, I have purchased a new driver, and uh, so I have oh. a tailor-made oh. M3 driver that's only a couple years old Dang. that I will... I will in i've got another thing that i will throw in db that i didn't even talk to you about but i'm gonna do it anyway we have some masters t-shirts 2020 masters t-shirts i will throw in one of those into the package as well oh my god oh my god he on x games mode oh man pat that is amazing my man what a sweet deal god this thing is getting sweet okay so mm. you got now now the problem is you know, a senior citizen would need Pat's driver, but a strong, healthy young man that maybe swings it a little bit is going to use my iron. So what I'll do is I'll put in one of my extra stiff shafts. If somebody needs one, I'll put it in your driver shaft. I'll, Pat, I'll let you have my extra stiff shaft. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Anyway. I don't know where to go. We'll there. work it out. We'll work it out. We, we probably should have stressed these are all right-handed clubs. Now, if you're a lefty, here's the deal, though. If you're a lefty or you don't even need these clubs, you could still win them and sell them. If, if, if we see you turning around and selling them, we're not going to be mad at you. You can make some money off of it, okay? Here's all you got to do to win. You got to go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all it takes. If you've done it before, I bet you haven't done it in the last six months. You can do it again. And we need you to write a review. You're going to leave a five-star review, and you're going to write something nice. Don't be jackwagons, okay? Write something nice about why you like the show, and we're going to pick our favorite ones, and we're going to, or our favorite one, and, we're, and you're going to win the clubs, okay? Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you don't have an iPhone, if you're an Android person, first of all, you have bigger issues, but second of all, find somebody with an Apple account and do it, okay? And then I'll read the screen name or whatever. It will draw from the screen name, and I'll, I'll read that in a few weeks, and we'll let everybody know who the winner is. That's all you got to do. If you have questions, feel free to DM us, slide in the DMs. It's going to be a good time. But, yeah, I'm excited about giving away my clubs. I'm also going to send them to you in the Mizuno box that my new ones came in. So you're going to be like, whoa, wait, wait, huh? And then you're going to get TaylorMades. Good stuff. We're just giving away free stuff. You know, we're, we're good guys like that. Here we go, Pat. Uh, you know, this week... TPC Scottsdale Waste Management Phoenix Open. Pretty deep field. I'm excited about the field here. You got a lot of big names, though, going over to Saudi Arabia for the uh, Raise Our Gas Prices Open over there. Uh, you got DJ Bryson DeChambeau. Our boy Patrick Reed just went over there uh, for the old Saudi money grab. So there's definitely a lot of action over on the European tour. Our buddy Ash Morrison, who writes our free Euro Tour article every week on TJ.com, will have one up this week for sure. You know, it could be fun. Could be a fun week on DK. Could be a fun week to maybe bet some doubles if your books let you do that. You know, winner for the for the waste management, winner for the Saudi. Could be fun, but we're only going to talk about the waste management this week. That's where all the action is for the most part on DK. So with that, Pat, tell us a little bit about uh, TPC Scottsdale. 
Yes, let's go TPC Scottsdale. Going to be a little bit different atmosphere this year. They are letting a few fans in, but it's not going to be the same as we typically see. But I, I bet you, uh, I bet you all that par three sixteen is going to be rocking a little bit. But it is playing just over seventy two hundred yards. It's a par seventy one. You got Bermuda grass, tee to green. Now they do typically overseed it here. Got to get it. You know, it's the waste management. You know, they like things. Uh, they like things green, green out there, so yeah. they got to get it looking green. These uh, and the greens themselves are going to be overseeded, but they put uh, they put some poa on there, um, so that'll be interesting to kind of hear. Maybe when we get to the nut hut on uh, on Wednesday, we can talk a little bit more about how these greens are putting. You got 132 players in the field, top 65, and ties will make the cut. Scoring is typically pretty low in this uh, in this tournament. I mean, you know, depending on the weather, I think it's going to it looks good so far. Might be a little bit chilly, um, but I still think you're going to get a good scoring this week. Three par three par fives that are all between 560 and 575 yards, so they are definitely gettable. That is what you got to do well here. That I'm looking at, you got to score on these par fives. You also got you know several long par fours out here. Six of the 11 par fours are between 450 and 500 yards. Look, make no mistake about it. This is a bomber's course for sure. They can take advantage of it. There's not a whole lot of trouble off the tee. There's, the rough is never all that big of a deal. The greens are pretty large out here. So, I mean, I th they're very easy to hit. So, And they typically run pretty firm and fast also. Um, you know, I'm going to be focused on your good ball strikers that can bomb it out there, that can just attack this course especially on the par fives and you look at it they, there's a stretch from about 13 hole 13 to 17 with two par fives and then you got that drivable par four 17th that is one you can score on so i'm definitely looking at your scores this week and course history shows up a little more than uh, than usual uh as well on this course i think that's something that's important and always looking at recent form we got a deep field here it's a, it's a good one looking at your past champs we had webb simpson at 17 under last year ricky fowler at 17 under in 2019 2018 was gary woodland at 18 under hideki won two years in a row in 16 and 17 and old brooks kepka who is uh just getting driven further down the price range and mm. uh longer odds in the betting market uh one here in 2015 his first victory on tour actually so there you go yeah and his first time here you had uh you know you got him and kyle stanley both first time winners at this golf course before so yeah i do think course history is a thing um but it you know if if you got enough talent i think you could make it happen here for sure and it is a bomber's course. In fact, Gino Benelli told us that two weeks ago, right here on this very podcast. He talked about Joel lives in Scottsdale. Joel hates this golf course. It's just a bomber's course. All the force carries, the bunker placement, uh, the lack of rough, all the above. And, you know, so yes, a guy like Webb Simpson can win. Granted, Webb isn't necessarily a bomber, but he definitely is not short anymore. He used to be. Um, still, he can get it out there. He now. can move it out there. He really can. So, uh, but, but I mean, last year he was just so deadly with his irons and the short game is so, so, so good. I mean, Webb's an elite talent. A guy like that can win anywhere, but in general, I do think that this place definitely favors distance approach play and, um, you know, and that's really about it. And then it comes down to who's going to putt the best and make, make the putts on these Bermuda greens that are larger. I don't really think, uh, strokes gain around the green or scrambling matters all that much this week. I mean, these greens are bigger, so they're a little easier to hit. Um, if you're missing them, you're in trouble. Uh, it's not really a grinder's course like we saw last week at Torrey. 
you know, it's going to be a lot of greens in regulation. Those, that percentage is going to be a lot higher than it was last week at Tory. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's where we're getting. You know, for for DFS, man, this is tough. Like, it is a deep field, and there's a lot of there's a lot of names in here that I think are going to be interesting. You know, and ownership leverage is always important in terms of GPPs and tournaments. I, but I think because it's so deep, especially at the top, I think a lot of the ownership is going to be pretty spread out. I don't think we're going to have two to three guys at like 25% or more. I think we're going to have, you know, the, the first three or four are going to be pretty, you know, over 20, over 22, whatever. And then, you know, and then you're going to, you're going to kind of get it balanced out and evened out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see lineup construction is a big deal. Speaking of lineup construction, somebody who did a really good job constructing a lineup last week is our Nut Hut Listener League winner, Chris G. Back-to-back winner, Pat, at Calaboose, Caliboose, whatever. Chris G., one again in the Nut Hut Listener League. So now he has two entries into the season final for a chance to win a trip to come play golf with us for a weekend at Champions Retreat. Uh, it's pretty cool to, to join the Nut Hut in the first two weeks, win the Listener League. So shout out to Chris G. Scored 508 DraftKings points. That's pretty solid. Uh, I mean, yeah, pretty cool. Also, shout out to our friends at Wine Access. There's a whole world of wine to discover, and it can be difficult to choose the perfect bottle. But Wine Access takes out all the guesswork. Pat, I know uh, you've continued to enjoy your Wine Access uh, time as you sip on your beer over there, but got any any latest discoveries or, or uh, experiences for us? I, I think the main thing that, I, that you can take away is just their website. You know, when you go into a restaurant, and especially a fancy one, and they've got Ooh, this, like extensive wine, this extensive wine list, and it, it, it confuses you, and you're not sure where to go, and it's just like it's a little bit intimidating. You don't get that from the Wine Access website. I mean, it's, it's very easy to navigate it. They don't inundate you with a ton of wines. They're just good wines. They give you good information about them. You can separate by, like, varieties and regions. So if you, you want some France mm. wine, Ooh. you want some France wine, you want some Italian wine, you can go to that region. That Francois, Francois Vino. Yeah, you want California? Go to that region. So it's very easy to navigate the site, which I love. So um, yeah. I, that's that's the main takeaway right Website's now. Pretty, Let me tell you, it is pretty there's slick. some good wines in there. They make it easy if you're a beginner or a connoisseur. They have a decorated team of wine experts with over 20,000 wines a year that they taste, and only about one of 18 make the cut. So they only select the best, those that exceed expectations and over-deliver on the price. So regardless, if you're looking at $15 or a triple-digit bottle, they got you. They equip you with the knowledge and the story behind each bottle, taking all the guesswork out. They'll let you know you know, how, to, when to, how long to let it breathe, what to pair it with, all that fun stuff, so you look like you know what you're talking about. And if any wine fails to impress, they will credit that bottle no questions asked. So we want you to give Wine Access a shot. We've worked out an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off your first listener. That's a really good deal on these Wine Access bottles. Go to wineaccess.com tour, and the discount will be applied at checkout. Don't forget, 20% off, wineaccess.com tour. Thank you, Wine Access. All right, Pat. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to the picks here, bud. Let's get to the picks. 9K... And above on DraftKings, John Rahm, your favorite, uh, at 11-2. Then followed by Xander, JT, Rory getting on down there. You got Decky, who's won here twice. Will's out, Taurus, already up in the $9,000 range because he's such a freaking stud. Um, what are you, I'm going to start a little different tonight, Pat. I'm going to throw you for a loop. What are you going to do with Hideki? You going to play him? You going to fade him? You don't really know yet? What's your What's your call? 
Right now, I'm not going to play him. Okay. I don't know if he's a, he's not my fade for this week, but uh, I don't I don't have him as one of my favorite plays. Um, you know, look, he's an absolute stud here, but uh, I'll be interested to see where his ownership is. I think you made a good point when you were talking about this week in strategy. I do think ownership is going to be a little more spread out because of just the way this field is. So if you get a pretty you know a, a really low owned Hideki with his history here. I could I could see him definitely falling into some lineups. Um, but are we going to get right that? now? The what? Are we going to get a low on Tadeki? You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think we will, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, the the, the price tag at ninety eight, I think, is going to be an interesting one for those wanting to fade the five digit guys. They'll start a lot of lineups with Hideki Burger. Um, you know, I think for me, it's tough to find. It's tough to find a reason in terms of stats or obviously course history. To really fade him, um, it may just be an ownership play, or it may just be a you can't play him all kind of play. Because to me, it was really hard to nail down a fade, you know, a, a call that I wanted to make in this range, nine k and above. I, I seriously like almost everybody in this range. It's just going to come down to ownership. Um, it's going to come down to lineup construction. It's going to come down to you know to exposure and 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 who I who I want to you know anchor my lineups with. So. I think as of now I'm leaving Hideki out, but he's definitely not one that I have written down here to fade. I, I actually want to hear from our, our YouTube viewers. I want you to comment on this YouTube video. What Something about Hideki right here. Is he going to win at the Waste Management? Because he's won here twice. It's obviously turning me loves. Is he going to win here? Is he going to win somewhere else next? So next victory, is he going to win the Waste Management? Is he going to win here? Or is he never going to win again? That's what I want to know about Hideki. He's one of those we haven't seen win in a long time. He's come close. He's consistent. He's played well in majors. He has these few stops a year that he just dominates. But what do you think about Hideki? Is he going to win again or not? If so, where's he going to win? Is he going to win here or is he going to win somewhere else? That's what I want to know. Put it in the YouTube comments. Uh, if you're watching live, wait till the video's over. Uh, I'd be interested to know. We'll give somebody a free T-shirt for uh, for commenting. We gave an, we gave away a free T-shirt last week, to, or no, two weeks ago. Um, all right, so in this range, three tournament plays and a fade. Who are you going with, Pat? Well, I'm going to start at the top. I like John Rahm at 11-2. Don't mind the price. I can find some cheaper guys that I can fit in there with them. You look at this course. It's just a. It seems like such a perfect fit for John Rahm. I mean, across the board with the stats, I mean, he's he's top five in the field in ball striking off the tee, has plenty of distance. He's top 10 there, you know, par five scoring top 10, opportunities gain top 10. So everything about John Rahm and his game is, you know, suitable to this course. And ever since he's played here, he's been, you know, he's been, you know, great as far as his his history here. I mean, T-16 was his worst finish back in 2017, but since that, T-11 and 18, T10 uh, in 2019 and then top 10 again last year in 2020. So I just love some John Rahm this week at 11-2. I will play him. I don't care about that high price tag. And then I'll drop down to uh, to Rory at 10-6. You know, he's a guy that has – He's a guy. I don't know if he's ever, I don't know if he's ever played here, um, but he is a fantastic player, obviously, one of the best in the world. I think this is a perfect course for him. I mean – he doesn't have to really worry about all that much with his length and everything else. And now I'll be interested to see what his ownership is being the fourth highest priced guy. I think it might end up being pretty high, but I do love some Rory on this course. And then finally, as a GPP play, I'm going 
with Willie Z, yes, mm. Will Zalatoris at 9,000. Another guy that just absolutely fits the bill on this on this course. You look at his stats on the Corn Ferry Tour, he pretty, pretty much just led the, the whole, you know, all of the Corn Ferry Tour in like every single stat category possible. He's We've, we've heard from a caddy this week or last week about how great of a ball striker and everything else he is. And so, and then, you know, had that top 10 finish last week at Torrey. So I love some Willie Z right there at the bottom of this category at 9,000. And then my fate is just going to be, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. I, he scares me. I mean, the game just hasn't, hasn't been there. When you look at, uh, you know, his approach play has been horrendous lately. Um, so I just think that, you know, he, he just, there's too much risk for me to play Scheffler there at 9,100. Now, you're probably going to get him at as low owned as he's been in a while, but still, I'm, I'm still not going to play some, some Scheffler this week. All right. So there's, there's some stuff going on here. Uh, total agreement with Scheffler. I think he was the clear name in this range to fade. And I think everyone is going to see that. When it comes to DFS, everybody's going to kind of arrive at that same thing. Scheffler seems a little broken. He can't putt. Um, I don't like him on these big greens where three putts are an issue if he's not if he's not very close. And since the Tournament of Champions, he is 98th in this field in ball striking. So strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain approach. He definitely seems busted. Like he just can't put it all together and be consistent. And and for the price, you do need more than a you know you need more than a made cut out of Scheffler. So. Um, you need that top 15, top 20 at worst uh, performance out of him at that price tag. So it's tough, man. I, and I don't know what's going on. He's so talented. He's so, so, so talented, but he's not, something's not going on. Um, something's not right. We need to do a what's wrong with Scotty Scheffler segment. Yeah. Well, that happens in the golf world. I mean, look, they're not always going to be. On, so. Now, I think you underplayed the Willie Zalatoris conversation from the caddy because there has to be a little extra context here. Everybody knows. I was going to let you. I was going to let you. You didn't know I was going to do that. I, I opened the door for you to do that. You know. Um, listen, the caddy unprompted, not talking about Willie Zalatoris, not talking about anybody, unprompted said, "Let me just tell you, this boy is legit. He is incredible tee to green." Only weakness has to be putting, but only because his ball striking is so phenomenal. Uh, and basically said, uh, this kid's going to be playing in the Tour Championship at Eastlake and winning a major in the next 18 months, basically, is what they said. Now, Will Zalatoris being a stud is not new news. Like, uh, everyone's talking about Will Zalatoris and has been for a while. So, this is not new, but it just, when it all, you know... When more and more people are laying eyes on him, and he continues to consistently perform the way he has. It's rather impressive. I wrote him down here too as a GPP play, and I do think you know he he's going to be high owned at nine thousand. He's got a lot of upside. He can win here. Um, you know, the 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 length is a huge advantage. The par fives, the ball striking, um, all that is super attractive here. So, I, I but I do love his 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 play here, and the fact that you, me, and you know, our caddy friend are all together. You know what that is? It's been proven in science. It's been proven in science. That's Nick Faldo on the Squares Golf Shoes commercial. Shout out to, uh, I believe, Marcus Griffin for that suggestion. So it's just proven science. Um, all right, uh, let's see. 
I also am going to go with, this is tough, because I really like this the low 7K range, and the 6K range is full of names. So I think you can definitely go, you can go any way you want. You can load up in the balance approach here, because I think this field is deep enough. If you want to go balance, you can go balance. If you want to go studs and duds and play Rory and Rom, like, like Pat just mentioned, I definitely think there's plenty of names in the 6K and low 7s that you can roll with that give you ups- winning upside even. Um, so it's it's tough to do. I, I'm having a hard time. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Xander, um, and and pivot there a little bit and go to Xander at uh, where is he? Eleven one. Your second price. I think he's gonna maybe be a little bit lost up there. People are even gonna pay the extra two hundred bucks for Rom with incredible history and all that stuff coming into it. Or they're gonna say, oh wow, I get Justin Thomas at a discount or Rory at a discount over Xander. Sure, sign me up. So I think I'm gonna get some leverage with uh you know in terms of ownership with xander up here at eleven thousand dollars i don't think people are going to want to pay for him over jt and rory and then i'm going to go to sung jm at 90 no i'm sorry not not sunjay daniel Berger at 9600 um mm-hmm. i'm all in on Berger. i know i know he posted a video on his boat on instagram that's just strokes gain home, strokes gain home Ever. life you know he had like a know. little bryson-esque uh like drone footage and like music behind it kind of video of him on the boat this past week it was rather interesting but i feel like whenever he posts that's all he does is post him on the that's what he loves that's what he loves to do yeah i'm fine with it i also think he loves playing on bermuda grass um because i think he skips the events where he doesn't have bermuda and he here he shows up at the ones he does like I'm not really sure why he didn't play Tory last week because he's going to be playing in the U.S. Open. It probably would have been a decent chance to take a look at it. Um, at least get familiar putting on those greens a little bit, even though I know they're going to be faster for the Open. But Berger loves him some Bermuda, and we arrived back on Bermuda here. I know it's overseeded a little bit, but I think it rolls like Bermuda. So um, I'm going to go with Xander, Berger, and Zalatoris in terms of tournament plays. And then, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Scheffler's the fade for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, let's move to the 8K range. This one's pretty simple for me. I don't. I, I'm not as big a fan of the 8K range, so it was pretty easy. I actually think for the first time in a long time, I'm going to pull the trigger on Ricky Fowler. I think I'm going to do it. Pretty sure I'm going to do it. If I'm playing, if I'm playing in the 8K range, if I'm not. You know, if I'm going studs and duds, I'm probably skipping this range altogether. But if I'm going to go a little balance, if I'm going to play a cash lineup, I think I'm going to play Ricky. Uh, he's he's coming around a little bit with the ball striking. His iron play's been good the last two events. Uh, off the tee, he's been doing well. I mean, off the tee in the last two events, he's gained six strokes total, and with approach, he's gained three total. Um, he all of a sudden the putter's broken, which is wacky. I don't I don't understand I don't understand that at all. Um, but if you look at if you look at this place, if you look over the last five years, the number one strokes gained putting uh, person in the whole field is Ricky Fowler. Number one in this entire field in the last five years putting on this golf course. On this golf course, he is number one. So, I mean, what better place to come to when the ball striking's coming around, you're confident, you've got good vibes here, the flat sticks let you down a little bit, but now you're at a place where you've completely lit it up over the last five years on the greens. I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler, and then I'm going to go back to the well. I, I, he had some kind of Jekyll and Hyde rounds, but I'm going to go back to Gary Woodland uh, this week. Definitely disappointed a little bit after, I think, a strong round one. Ended up finishing T48 at the Farmers, but 
Uh, he, he had like a couple just tough rounds. You know, he's won this event before. Um, obviously a great record here. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to roll with Gary Woodland and Ricky. And then my fade is going to be Billy Horschel. I don't understand the Billy Horschel love. I continue to not really understand the Billy Horschel love at the price tag that people that, that we've been getting Billy Horschel. Now, he does have a decent record here. Uh, but I'm not really seeing the a whole lot out of him right now. Um, he's lost strokes on his on approach seven out of his last eight events. He's not a bomber by any means. Uh, miscut last week, and I just don't know that he gives you the win equity. He he hasn't won, you know. It's almost been four years since he's won an event. Like I, I don't, no distance uh, irons have been bad. I think one of the events he played well in recently, maybe it been the Sony. He gained like seven strokes on the greens. So that's not really repeatable for Billy. Um, so I think I think Billy's my fade. All right, well, there is some agreement here on Ricky Fowler. I was a little bit surprised that you went that direction, but um, I, I do like Ricky. He is one of my GPP plays as well. Um, and like you said, his numbers are improving, you know, when it comes to his ball striking and his approach game. The putter is is where the problem has been. And you know what? As we all know with golf, and you get on a comfortable place that you like, like he seems to do well here, um, you know, that putting could come back for him. So I, I think that uh, Ricky is a good play there at 8,600. I'm also going to go back to Bubba. Now, you mentioned one of the narratives mm. you had last week was you didn't like to play guys that had been coming off of a longer break, and this was their first tournament back. And you, I, I think that uh, I liked him last week, and I, I think I took him on the show. Well, now he's had a little bit of, you know, he's been back. He's had, you know, got got a few rounds under his belt. He did he miss two rounds last he week. He got two rounds under his belt, but yeah. Two rounds, missed a cut. Okay, now he's on the course that he's got good course history on. He's number one in the field in ball striking, fourth off the tee, tenth in approach. He's fourth in par five scoring. So I like Bubba. I think this is a this is a course where he certainly can play well on. Maybe we'll get a little bit lower ownership because of that missed cut last week. So I will play him at 8,500. And then my fade is uh, Wolf at uh, 8,700. I, I just, I'm not, I can't even believe that he's in this field after withdrawing last week, unless he withdrew and I didn't know it. And I'm looking at it and he's. Well, but. it's a, it is interesting. I was going to talk about Brooks, Brooks and Wolf up here at the top. I think you can't really skip the 8K range and not talk about these names. Matt Wolf cites a hand injury last week, which I think is definitely yeah, something to keep an eye on. I don't love that. I mean, he was spraying it all over the place off the tee. That has been a huge issue for him. Yeah, so either he really has a hand injury, um, and that was maybe why he was spraying it all over all over the place, or he, um, you know, tour players sometimes when they're playing bad, they just make make they just make up. You know what I mean? So maybe that happened. I don't know. I, I am a little surprised to see him here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he makes it to a press conference this week and we can hear him talk about it, but. For me, it's yeah, it's definitely kind of stay away territory. Although I love this place for him, but I think this is a perfect course for him. Yeah. He really hasn't the two years he's played. Now, one of them he was a, he wasn't even he was a, he was an amateur, but still, he hasn't played that great here. But I still think it's a great track for him. Is there any ownership amount that would put you on Brooks? Yes, for sure. Okay, what's the number? What's it got to drop below? I mean, if he's in like five percent range or something, so if he's like below like seven or eight, I'll say I'll, I'll go. I'll go Brooks. I even I even like him as a bet. I mean, he's all the way up to like fifty-five to one. Yeah, that's uh, that's long. 
That's long. He he. Last week it wasn't terrible. It, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like Brooks esque, but it wasn't awful. It'll it'll be it will be tempting. It's always tempting when Brooks drops below that seven eight percent. It's always tempting. Um, okay, let's move on to the seven K range, Pat. I'm gonna have you start this range. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go pour me another one. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with a guy that I have not talked about this year. And uh, at the very top here in the 7K range, Corey Connors at 7,900. I like him this week. You know, and I I run my little stat model or whatever you want to call it. I hate saying the word model. But anyway, he is second in the field overall. When you look at he is uh, top 10 in ball striking off the tee, 21st in approach. He's second in good drives gained. He is 16th in par 5 scoring six and opportunities gain has plenty of distance i love some Corey connors this week i think he is a good play uh i'll be interested to see where his ownership is but i don't think it's going to be all that much this 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 range is so spread out with some really good plays that you could go here and almost any you know there's so many of them that i could really take so but i'm you know i'm, I'm only i'm only picking three gpps in one faith I'm also going to go with uh, our boy Norlander. I mean, we saw him last week play really well. I'm going to, you know, he's riding a streak. He's got, you know, let's see, what, two straight top 20 finishes? Is that right? Am I right there? Yeah. Two straight top 15 finishes with a 12th at the Amex and a second at last the Amex. Week. The Amex? American Amex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, I like Norlander. You know, he's 14th in the field off the tee, 28th in approach. Uh, this is a guy, he's, he putts well on these greens. So I like Norlander as well, also at 7,500. He did talk about, too, on our, on our interview with him, that he feels like his third and fourth week in a row, which is very uncommon for most tour players. He feels like his third or fourth week in a row is where he feels like he plays his best, which I think last week was the third. Um, yeah. Last week was the third. So this is the fourth. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Who did you I'm say before him? This, Anybody? Uh, Corey Connors. Oh, interesting. Okay. Corey Connors at 7,900. And then I'll drop down. There's so many guys here that really yeah. that I would love to talk about. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna throw out Benny on at 7,300. We saw him uh, at the top 10 at the Benny Amex. Uh, just <laughs> at a, the Amex. Just a, at the Amex just a few weeks ago. Uh, but a great ball striker. I, I, I love where he's at when it comes to that. When you look at over his last 24 rounds on Fantasy National, uh, top 20 in the field and opportunities gained, which is a scoring stat, by the way, on Fantasy National, proprietary to that site that I love to look at and on scoring tracks like we should see this week. So, you know, Benny on now the putter is always a question mark for him, but I'm going to take a little bit of the risk there and uh, play him in GPPs. And then my fade is going to be Matt Kuchar. I don't, mm. he's got fantastic course history here. Yeah. But if you look at last year and anything leading up to the, to where we are now, he has shown nothing, nothing, no bit of form ever. So I just cannot, I can't play some Matt Kuchar, even if you're just looking at it, you're a course history guy, which everybody knows I am. He's got fantastic course history here, but based on the form, his stats, everything else, I'm not going to play Kuch. So there you go. Um, yeah, you know, and some of y'all, and some of y'all need to stop smoking cigarettes. You know what I mean? And some of y'all need to stop smoking, hitting the jewel pin and the weed pin. 
and this is what we call uh, in the biz a really sick transition, okay? We want to tell you about our friends at Lucy Nicotine. They are uh, founded by some Caltech scientists, and those are some really nice scientists. They are uh, those are high-performing scientists. And they're former smokers, too. Them scientists used to smoke some stuff. They used to puff on some stuff. And they were looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. And finally, uh, you know, now tobacco alternatives don't have to suck. So they researched and developed this for three years, made to be made for the people, not patients. It, it, Lucy has created a nicotine gum, four milligrams of nicotine, not three, four. And it comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. I personally would love some pomegranate. I love pomegranate. Pomegranate. Some pomegranate yeah, gum. Yeah. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine, and that's cherry ice. You you want some cherry? You want some ice? You get cherry ice and four milligrams of nicotine. Each and every flavor tastes great. It's convenient and discreet. They can be enjoyed anywhere. You know what I mean? So look, if you may have a friend. I, like, I got a friend who smokes. You know, Pat used to smoke. But you don't, or I would give you some Lucy gum. But maybe you could buy some, put it a stocking stuffer or something. Christmas just passed, but maybe save it up. Put it in a stocking. Give it to a friend discreetly. Just drop it in their glove box. Maybe if you're embarrassed to give it to them or something, maybe they'll find it and they'll be like, man, I needed this. Uh, but it's 2021. It's time to get rid of the cigarettes, unplug the vape, throw the dip out. Don't get that lip, don't get that lip hitter. You don't need that. Get some Lucy nicotine gum. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's simple, and you don't have to leave your house. They got delivery down. Go to lucy.co and use promo code TORJUNKIES to get 20% off all your products, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code TORJUNKIES at checkout. Uh, Also, God, that was, I, that was funny. Also, I'm required to read this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. But anyway, lucy.co, and be sure to use promo code TORJUNKIES. You know, get that get that dip out your out your face. Nobody likes that. Your girl don't like dipping. She, she just doesn't. I'm just going to let you know right now. In the South, that's the thing. You know, people down here, they like to put dip in their mouth. 99 out of 98 girls don't like that. I'm just going to tell you right now. They might put up with it, but they don't like it. I'm just going to let you know. Where are we? 7K picks? Yes. Is it my turn? Dude, there are so... I think we need a read like that. You know, we need a nicotine read or like some CBD read or something like right before <laughs> the uh, 7K range all the time. I don't know about Although that. Although CBD doesn't have that real stuff in it, you know, like nicotine, yeah. like this nicotine gum does. Yeah. After, after that... After it doesn't that. have that good stuff that's going like, to help you. <laughs> I might, uh, I, I do might need uh, a lozenges though pretty soon. Um, okay, all right, seven K picks, man. This is hard AF. This is harder than quitting smoking. Is picking a guy in a seven K range. I, I, I never smoked before, but it would be hard. It would be harder to nail down three guys in the seven K range and the six K range, honestly, than to uh, than to quit smoking. I will say my favorite standout play when I when I scroll this range is Max Homa. I love the way he's playing right now. I love the confidence he's playing with right now. He's trending nicely. He's played twice here in the last two years. T twenty six the first time. T six the next time. That was last year. You know his last three events. T twelve. T twenty one. T eighteen last week. And he, he just kind of you know he, he's having like one round that's not super great. But the ball striking is there. The ball striking has been good here in this field over the la- in those two years he played. He ranks 23rd in strokes gained putting on these greens. The ball striking's there. The confidence is there. This is a great event for a guy like Max to win. 
I love him uh, in the 7K range. Uh, I like him a lot. He was the easy one. Uh, okay, Burns is also pretty easy for me. G- give me Sam Burns on Bermuda again. Give me Sam Burns, who still could have won the thing last week, not on Bermuda. Uh, he just totally crapped down his leg again on Sunday, finished T18. But uh, now he, he doesn't have a great record here. He's missed two cuts. But I feel like Sam Burns has has definitely grown as a player. We've seen that. If you're paying enough attention, you've seen Sam Burns, you know, running up leaderboards here in the last 12 months. Okay, so I feel like he's a different player coming into this year than he is right now, um, and I feel good about it. He hits the ball a long way and loves Bermuda. That's the combination. Now I feel like he. I feel like Burns is a could be a fade candidate based on ownership. I I, I feel like so? he is gonna. There, there's gonna be a lot of people on him in this range and if he is if he because we saw it a couple weeks ago um and he just burned a lot of people i I think that could easily happen again this week um so he's Hmm. a guy that i'm gonna be looking at later in the week where if i'm looking at him now i know we talked about ownership being spread out but if he's like over 15 percent owned or something like that i may I may think about fading he's not i don't think he's gonna be i I can't see him being over 15 percent. i think there's too many names in here that's that are gonna spread it out a little bit. I, I see what you're saying. I, I do think he he. I don't think he's gonna be. A, he's not like a super leverage play by any means. But um, I think with guys like Norlander, who you mentioned, I obviously love Norlander. Um, you know, Kucher's course history, Ortiz playing well, Jason Day. People are gonna see that name down here. I, I think those guys are gonna eat up some of that. You know, um, and it may cause people to hop off, but. Again, I'm not really playing him as necessarily a leverage play, but uh, but I, I I see what you're saying. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I am the next play. Oh gosh, there's like twelve names in here. I like. It's so hard for me not to say Sepp Straka at 7100. So I'm just gonna say Sepp Straka at 7100. Loved um loved how he ended up playing. I, I think he had a really solid fourth round at the Farmers. Ended up T32. Yeah, he shot the round of the day. I think he shot 66 or something on, on Sunday to finish T32. Um, he's played here once, missed the cut. I don't care about that. I mean, he's again, he's growing as a player right before our eyes, and he's been doing that uh, in the last 12 months. So Sepp hits the ball a mile, aggressive player, can score on these par fives. Um, he's basically he's got two missed cuts is it two missed cuts for the whole 2020 season that started in the fall? I feel like, you know, he's a solid play. He's a great value at 7,100. I've said it over and over again already in 2021. Sepp Straka has win equity when he tees it up. He just does. He's a University of Georgia product. Georgia puts out freaking winners, okay? They just do. And I'm not trying to be a Georgia homer, but it's a high, high-level college program that puts out winning PGA Tour players that are ready to compete and win and Sepp can do it. So for $7,100, you get the bomber, you get the aggressive player, you know, you get the guy coming in good form that can score on par fives, and he truly gives you win equity. He could do it any at any moment at any PGA Tour event. So uh, I'm a big fan of the Austrian Sepp Straka. But there's a ton of names in here. The Nut Hut is going to be popping with 7K and 6K name discussions. I can tell you that on Wednesday night. Bradley says, boy is a unit. Yes, he is. He is a full-grown Full grown man. He's a big boy. He's a full grown man. And apparently, people think in the uh, the that Burns will be chalk. I'm looking at the the YouTube chat right now. 
Uh, people thinking Burns is going to be a little chalkier than maybe, yeah, than maybe I would like. So who who knows? There's plenty of names in there to pivot to. That's for sure. It, I'm just telling you the names I like the most right now. So ah, my fade is going to be Jordan Spieth. I mean, I watched him last week. I watched his full round. I watched full round on Thursday. I watched probably half of his round on Friday. The irons look to be coming around. They they look to be coming around, but they are average. They're very average at best. He's still total garbage off the tee, okay? And the putter is now cold. It's still cold. Miscut here in 2018 and 2019, which is about the time uh, he started slipping. Obviously, he played really well before that, but the game started falling off like late 2018 into 2019, and he played terrible here. 7,500, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't want the... I don't want the madness that is Jordan Spieth. No, nothing is really, he's not doing any one thing well. It's amazing seeing that he is like, I think he's 125 to 1. Mm. I mean, it's just, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think that that number is wrong. It's just, uh, or off, I guess, you know, not wrong. That but is I don't long. Think it's, it's just amazing to see him that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get into this 6K range, though. I think there's some fun options. Ooh, here. fun options. All right, you'll hit me with them. I'm going to name a bunch well, of names here. Okay, well, I've got, I got three that I'm going to give you. And I'm going to start with our boy, HV3 at 6,700. Why? Coming off a miss. You and your sound board. I knew that was going to be one. I saw that something with no, that you last, didn't. last week. I had uh, I was like, that one's going to be one. Why? Maybe he's going to put that. Why? 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 <laughs> Why? HB3? Look, he is top 20 in the field in ball striking. Okay? Not bad. Great off the tee. Has, you know, great distance. Good on approach. I think HV3 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's not good last week, but again, kind of like the Bubba thing, a guy that, you know, got a couple rounds under his belt, and now he's, you know, he's ready to go. He's shown some form here in the past. Um, so I, I like HV3 at 6,700. I think, you know, and again, a lot of these plays when we're looking in this range are uh, a little bit of flyers, but outside of a missed cut last year, he was T10 here in, in 2019. T38 in 2018, made the cut, T68 in 2017. So I like some HV3 here. Showed some good form last year as well. So I will play him. And then I'm going to drop down to one of your boys that you like. Maybe not this week, but you've liked him a lot in the past. And that is Keith Mitchell Hmm. at 6,400. We've seen a little bit of form out of him. You know, he's played okay recently. Um, I especially like him on, on the betting side, too, by the way. I think there's some good bets on him. But he's top 10 in the field off the tee, 15th in driving distance, 44th in opportunities gained. He's a good ball striker. So I like – and, you know, typically putts well on Bermuda grass. So I like Keith Mitchell at 6,400. Then I'm going to drop down. I'm going to give you a really cheap guy. Everybody loves some Willie Z, Willie Zalatoris. But one of the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour that a lot of people were talking about last year was Davis Ooh. Riley Ooh, at yeah. 6,100. He is one of your next stars, I believe, on the PGA Tour. Another University of Georgia boy? No, he was Alabama, I thought. Davis Riley? Yeah, I think I think Riley's Alabama. Um, 
pretty sure he's Alabama. Somebody in the chat can make sure I'm right, but uh, I believe he is Alabama. Um, I know he's not Georgia. Um, but look, he was one of the longest guys on tour for the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He was top 20 there. He's top 30 in greens and regulation there. Um, oh, yeah, he's Alabama. a great putter, and he is also top. He was top five in birdies made uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. So he's a scorer. He can putt well. Greens and regulation has plenty of length. So I think you know if you want to go cheap, Davis Riley makes a lot of sense this week. I like him. Yeah, Alabama boy confirmed for sure. Uh, yeah, sixty one hundred. That is that's. I hadn't been that low in a in a long time. It's been a many many moons where I've been that low. But I would I might go that low. I might go down on Davis Riley honestly ooh, this ooh. week. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, I'm gonna give you more than three names because I I love some names down here. I I, I like the people want the six K names. They want them. They want the cheap guys they can put with the ones they like up top. I am going to start with a guy that I think is going to give you some leverage. I don't see him being super high-owned uh, at all. Well, I mean, most 6K guys aren't really high-owned, but even for a 6K guy. I think Matt Jones is an interesting play here. If you look at just play at TPC Scottsdale in the last five years, he ranks 24th in this field in ball striking and 5th in putting on these greens. Um, and recently playing pretty good i mean t11 at the sony t21 at the amex t48 at the farmers i don't love the trend but it's a little different golf courses uh and and matt jones hits it a long way he can score on the par fives i i like i like matt jones here i think he gives you some interesting uh some interesting value down there at 6900 right there above him or right there with him now is the time you jump on dylan fratelli i talked about it last week i think you know, you already mentioned it here. Guys playing for the first time in 2021. That was last week for him. He didn't do so great. Um, what did he do? He he made the cut, but he sucked. He finished T53. Okay, but Fratelli uh, has played here one time. Finished T63. Not great, but he's added a ton of distance in the last year. So he's hitting it a long way. Uh, so I think Fratelli is one that we saw really play well last year and and, and up the game. The ball striking is there. I think he gives you some. I think he gives you win equity. He's a winner on the PJ Tour. He gives you win equity at 6,900. He can do that. So I think he's interesting. Uh, I'm going to move down to 6,700. I like my boy Harry Higgs. He hits it a long way. This feels like a tournament for Harry Higgs. You know, you just this is. We're not getting all the fans. We're not getting the hundred thousand fans that we were used to at TPC Scottsdale. But this is still going to be you know, kind of the the people's open, right? That's what they call it. Harry Higgs is a man of the people, right? Like, this is a thing for him. It's why Ricky does well. Um, I don't know why Hideki won here. But anyway, this feels like a great <laughs> event for him. He finished T25 his first time out last year. Um, I think Higgs is an interesting move. One of my favorite plays, let me let me get to him so I can make sure I talk, I talk this up right. And I haven't talked about him a lot at all this year. I know we've got some fans of him in the Nut Hut. In fact, I think our boy AC is a big, uh, a big fan of this guy. Uh, he's a University of South Carolina product, Mr. Matt Naismith, ball striker. Okay, hits it hits it a long way. All right, Naismith hits it a long way. He's never played here. This is his first time out. T48 at the Farmers, So, but that's coming off of a couple missed cuts, whatever. Gain strokes putting on Bermuda, which I'm, I'm happy about. Last week at the Farmers, 6.6 strokes gained with his irons, hitting into those small freaking greens at Torrey Pines in those conditions gained 6.6 strokes with the irons daddy likes okay 
he, he what he didn't do at, at the Farmers is he didn't really gain any distance on the field. He lost strokes on distance, lost strokes for hitting it in the fairway, which is unusual for him because he hits it a long way. If you look at his distance gained, which is a fantasy national stat, he's usually checking the boxes there. He scores on par fives. I really like Matt Naismith here at 6,500. I think there's some good, good, scrumptious value for him. Um, You mentioned Davis Riley. I kind of like that. I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, J.B. Holmes? Like, I, I, I think that's really cheap for a guy with his record here, $6,400. He's got an amazing record here. Just in the last five years, he's gained 23 strokes total in the last five years at this golf tournament. Um. He shook the rust off last week. Okay, in the last five years, playing at TPC Scottsdale, he's 25th in the field in strokes gained ball striking, 53rd in strokes gained putting, 13th in, in DraftKings points scored, 5th in off the tee. Like, he loves his place. This is his place. But I think last week, you know, you just saw him come out, playing a tough course, tough conditions. Like, I can't imagine playing Torrey Pines having not played a lot of golf, any tournament golf at all since October. That would be tough, right? And it wasn't like he really, really sucked at anything. He didn't even lose a full stroke off the tee. He only lost a half a stroke on his irons. He lost almost a full stroke putting, but that's normal for him. So like it, it was just a very average two rounds to shake the rust off. And now he comes to a place that he absolutely loves for that cheap. I think J.B. Holmes gives you a ton of win equity, too. I love this range, and this is going to be the reason why I'm probably going to play a lot of studs up top. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind J.B. Holmes. But I think JB Holmes, he's got. And doesn't he have a new caddy on the bag too? Yes, I don't care. Who is it? I can't remember who it is. Um, we heard that though. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys in this range that you can come on to that that I think could be interesting. But um, you know, I liked your Higgs pick. I think that's there's something to the to that, and I love some Fratelli. As a matter of fact, I may. Uh, Give a little preview there that uh, I might have for Telly in some uh, bets. So Ooh. there you go. Ooh. That's what they call in the biz a tease. We're going to get right into it right now with the sports bet picks, the early outright looks, the early top 20 looks. Uh, I've got some, you know, as always, I've got some bombs, right? We want to we talk bombs here. We're not into this pansy, you know. I mean, anybody can say I'm going to play, I'm going to bet Rory at 10 to 1. Like anybody can tell you that or I'm going to play xander at 12 to 1 or what like what are we doing we're not we're not here for that we're here for the mid-range the bombs that's what we're here for that's what we do that's what we deliver we deliver it well okay that's what we're doing and that's what we're doing right now pat i ask you this every week your shortest number that you would that you'd like to look at you, you know your 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 putter to the ankle if you miss it if he doesn't win you somebody's going to hit you in the in the damn ankle with a putter and it's going to ruin your day might might ruin a couple days, honestly. So, who would that be in the betting markets right now? I'll go with a favorite, John Rom. I do not. Come want on, a, man! After I, I get that whole to, monologue, what are we doing? I don't care. I don't want to put this week. I don't feel like a putter coming to my ankle and and hurting me. I mean, I got other things going on in the world and and the Come real on, the man. real world, and I just want an easy week. So I'm going to go with John. Blah Rahm. blah blah. <laughs> Come on, dude. After I do all that, after I say all say that, it. you didn't say it had to be a, like a long shot or something. I mean, I, I mean, I literally, I, I literally said anybody can give you a favorite. I didn't even go to Rom. I didn't think anybody was insane enough to say that. 
on this show. We don't do that on the show, man. That's not on brand for us. Be on brand, yeah, but Pat. What you're saying, here's what you said. Who is who are you going to place a bet on that you don't want to like you don't want to not only lose money but somebody's going to hit you in the damn okay. ankle yeah. with a putter. That really sucks. I can't think of a lot of things worse, but it doesn't mean they're going to like like pull your fingernails out and, you know, like toss you in the river. I don't know. I don't know if that person may hate my ankles. Have a little they bit may, of balls. Have a little bit may, of balls. They may think saying. like I'm I'm kind of a bony person down at the bottom of my ankles. And not, like my ankle has, there's a lot of bone right there, and it, it might, you know, cause some damage. Jeez. So I'm okay. going with the favorite. Well, week. mine would be Daniel Berger at twenty to one. That's where I'm going to start it. I found him at twenty to one on points bet. I think that is, um, I think that's as long as that number is going to be. I see that number getting much shorter. I've already seen it shorter in other books. So if you if you can grab it, grab it on points bet at twenty to one. So that's where I'd start it. All right. Well, I don't have anybody else until like the 40 range, so tell me who you have, Mr. Just bony ankle guy. Mr. Bony ankle guy? Uh, well, I did have Burger at 20 to 1. I like that. Good. I think that's a good play. I like my boy Willie Z, Zalatoris mm. at 50 to 1. And then uh, I'm just going to have to be a sucker and take Brooks Kepka at 55 to 1. I, I just... Once born every day. Range. Born every day. So... I'll take it. I'll take the 55 to one and whatever. If it's not going to happen, that's fine. But it's, it's probably getting close to about as long as it's going to get for a while. Dookie. Okay. Um, let's see. I think I, well, I agree with you on Willie Z. I had him at 50 to one. Um, I, I think the boy's ready. The boy is ready at 50 to one. Um, I mean, can we believe Ryan Palmer's been as consistent as he's been? Like he's been. I just can't. I don't know what it is about Ryan Palmer, but I, I, I know. Go, go away. <laughs> I I really I'm wish you would. Fs probably because he pisses me off. You are gonna play him. I, I probably will because uh, I'm so tired of not having him in my lineups. I mean, listen, Ryan Palmer. We've been doing this almost six. We've been doing this six years. Ryan Palmer is notoriously. Him and like he's he's in a small group. He's in a very small group of. He's in like a, you know, he's in a he's in a really indigenous group of assholes that are known just to drive you wild and not in a not in a sexual way at all. No no homo there. And he's not. By the way, it's not. He's not personally an asshole. No no no. He's like just he's just like a he's an asshole play. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he, all signs will point to Ryan Palmer. He's, him and Keegan, Brad, you know, they're all in the same range. And then he will just completely kick you in your. He will crotch punch you on a Friday, on the on the thirty sixth hole, and he doesn't care about it. He doesn't care. And then the next week you fade him, and what does he do? Top fives. You know, he's just one of these. But has he been consistent or what? I mean, since yeah, since the Rona, he has been incredibly consistent. And it's like, it's really tough. I mean, last week I genuinely thought this was going to be the week to to bounce off of Ryan Palmer, and he finished runner-up. Now, he also gained eight strokes putting, which you have to go, you have to go very far. I don't even know if you can go far enough. I'm I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling to find an event. All right, the, the 2014 Dell 
he gained as many strokes putting as he did last week. So maybe if you want to have something to cling to, maybe it's that. But he's playing so well. 45 to 1, DK, I don't know. That's already way too much Ryan Palmer talk. Um, I think Gary Woodland at 75 to 1 on DraftKings is a pretty good value there. Yeah, uh, I got him written down too. Yeah, that, that's a that's a solid value for Gary. Again, last week he just had he had like he was a Jekyll and Hyde round. Like he'd have a great round, he'd have an average round, he had a sucky round, he had a decent round. Like, but this is obviously a place he can win. He has won here before. Seventy five is a long number for a healthy Gary Woodland, I think. Uh, Max Homa, I talked about him on the DFS portion. I love Max Homa, eighty five to one on DK right now confident hitting it great a lot like i said with harry higgs i think this is an event that max homa just wins because at some point because he's a man of the people the people love max homa he loves this environment he loves this crowd he loves this area um so i think i think it just makes a lot of sense for homa at 85 to 1 that's uh that's all i got up until the the triple digits you got anybody else no, that's it for I had Woodland also. Um, now, here's a guy that this just pisses me off that I'm even going to mention him. But Rory Sabatini has shown some uh, he's shown some some good play recently. And he's at 125 to 1 on points bet. I don't mind that. Um, I guess I'm just jumping right into the uh, yeah, that's good. The triple here. Um, I, I don't mind that one. I also like uh, Norlander, who I talked about. As far as a DFS play, he's at 125 to one. That's on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And then a guy that you mentioned in DFS that I really love as a bet, and that is Dylan Fratelli yeah. at 171 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. 175 to one, yeah. What did I say? 170? 171. 170. 175 <laughs> to one. I talked. I, I was talking too fast. Um, I'll say all kinds of things. i'll say all kinds of things get me one of these damn soundboards (laughs) db i'll play with that shit all day you wouldn't be able to figure it out for years no no send me one go ahead and send it to me no you would not figure it out you would never figure it out just send me a picture of it i'm gonna buy myself one and figure it out and surprise (laughs) you um and and last now i've got a few top 10s and top 20 bets but uh, don't get into those yet Last, I'll go with some Keith Mitchell, three hundred mm. to one. Oh, there you go. Wow. Okay. Uh, let me tell you what's a steal on DK right now. If it's still there. Now, I looked at this like an hour ago. If you can get Brendan Steele at one hundred and twenty-five to one um, on DraftKings right now, you got to jump on that. Every other book, he's less than one hundred to one. Points bet, he's eighty to one. He is a steal on DraftKings right now. No, no pun intended whatsoever. Um, hasn't played great here the last couple of years, but has a good record here before that. If you think about his skill set, long hitter, plays well on par fives. Yeah, he's got a T3 here in 2018. That was the last time he really he played well. He's missed the cut after that, but he loves this place. T21 at the Amex, should have won the Sony. I think Brendan Steele at 125 to 1 is probably... I mean, that's probably like the best value on the board. He's 8-1 to one to top 10 on DraftKings, producer Sam uh, informed us. 8-1 to one to top 10. That's that's a very long number on a top 10 for Brendan Steele. Uh, definitely a value there. You know, goodwill gold mine there for, for old Brendan Steele. 
I like your Fratelli call at 175 to 1. Right there at 175 to 1, I also like Sepp Straka. All the reasons I mentioned there, Bomber, loves the par fives, playing well, low round of the day, Sunday at the Farmers, at Torrey, obviously striking it well, loads of confidence, love that. Uh, Wyndham Clark was your first round leader here last year at 10 under on Thursday. JB Holmes was eight under on that Thursday. Um, but Wyndham Clark playing well, trending nicely, looking for that first tour win, 175 to one PXG guy, home of PXG right you there in I Scottsdale. Love I know I mean, you do. I've been all over Wyndham the last few weeks. I know. I know you have. Uh, PXG guy right there in Scottsdale. Bob Parsons right there. He'd love to win in front of Papa Bob. You know what I mean? He'd love to. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he'd love to win in front of Papa Bob in the home crowd. And then JB Holmes. You got Keith Mitchell as a bomb at 300 to 1. Uh, I think I'll take JB Holmes, who is at 400 to 1 on DraftKings and has an amazing record here. Absolutely amazing record. Hits it a freaking mile. Um, wait a minute. Let me let me find his record because it's so good. Four hundred to one. Like you need to jump on that right now too. Him and Steele, I think, are probably your two biggest long shot values. Uh, I mean, here's his record here. He has a fifth place finish, a sixth place finish, sixteenth uh, last year. Tons of top, a couple top twenty fives in addition. He's only missed the cut twice in two, four, six. 11 years like jb loves him some waste management phoenix open he's also 20 to 1 for a top 10 love that love that all right let's uh you got some top 10 top 20 bets you said yeah i got a few who you got well i will start with uh my long shot who i mentioned keith mitchell he is also 18 to 1 as a uh, top 10 i don't mind that number and then top 20 bets i got a couple here we got pat perez who is seven and a half to one now perez lives out here he plays i'm sure a ton on these courses um so i like that as a top 20 bet and then my boy davis riley who i mentioned earlier Ooh, yeah. he is 20 to one to finish top 20 i think that's uh that's a decent bet there also um so there you go those are the the three that i had there would you would you rather have Davis Riley at twenty to one or am, recent amateur turn pro John Augustine at twenty to one? Because they're both twenty to one, and I looked at that. John, I'd go, I'd go Riley. Okay, Augustine's just because of tournament experience and everything else. I, I would go. I would go Riley. By the way, I, I wanted to mention this at the top, and I forgot. So this will just be all out of whack. I, I looked back at last week, you know, because we were all around Patrick Reed's number, all around him. We had all kind of guys around him. And I thought to myself, what did I do? What did we do wrong? Like, how did we miss Patrick Reed? And I think this is a note that I made for myself the, the, for Tory next year, is you don't overlook grinders at a grinder event. Now, or Tory for the U.S. Open, by the way. Or Tory for the, well, the U.S. Opens. You, you're always going to think through that, but yeah, but yeah. the farmers, you you know, it was a grinders event from the beginning. The weather was was known to be kind of crazy. There was all this tee time wave stuff. There was wind. There was rain. There was possibly lift clean in place. There was possibly delays. There was hail for God's sakes. Like, and Tory's just tough anyway. And you, it just doesn't matter what a guy like Patrick Reed is doing. Um, at the time or coming into that event, if, if they're grinders by nature and they're good at like grinding out in tough tournaments, you just don't overlook guys like that. And I think we did that last week. 
and that's a mistake to learn from. Now, TBC Scottsdale is not that. This is not a grinders event. Now, this is an event, typically, not this year, but typically, where you got to kind of embrace the chaos that is that is the waste management in terms of the fans and the 16th and all that. Like, there's certain guys that handle that better than others. Um, again, it's the people's open, right? But but also just looking back at, at the grinders event, there are also guys who are known to not do great when conditions are rough. You know, like Bubba's one of those. Like he's not very patient, right? He's not a patient guy. He, he complains, he pisses, he moans about every little thing, right? So I just think looking back at some betting mistakes, I think that's that's something to look at. Um, where were we at? Top twenties. I just sold you on JB Holmes. He's nine to one as a top twenty. Um, I talked about Matt ne- uh, Neesmith, uh, South Carolina boy. Matt Neesmith talked about him in the in the DFS portion. Eight to one as a top twenty. I'm looking at bombs. Top twenty bombs. Eight to one. Um, hits it a long way. Trending nicely. Gained six point six strokes on approach last week at the Farmers. Love that. What about Sam Ryder? who's playing really well right now. How about Sam coming out of nowhere, tall, skinny, drinking ass, drink of water, uh, playing really well right now. Iron play is very solid right now. He's also played well here. He he likes this place. Um, Seven and a half to one as a top 20 is Sam Ryder. My boy Sepp Strzok is five to one top 20. Um, Yeah, so that's about it for me. In terms of like bomb top 20 bets, I think that's all I got. I think... There's some names in here that I think are overpriced. I think Horschel at 45 to one outright, Hideki at 23 to one outright are overpriced. I gave my reasons why I don't like Horschel here at all. 45 to one, I, I would much. I mean, Gary Woodland at 75 to one, Billy Horschel at 45 to one. Can you explain that to me? Gary's won since Billy has. Gary's won this tournament. Billy's never won this tournament. Why? Why? Why is he 30 points longer? And then Hideki, you're going you're gonna to pay for the course history with Hideki, but he hasn't won in four years. So, again, YouTube viewers, comment. What's going to happen with Hideki? Is he going to win here next? Is he going to win somewhere else next? Or is he never going to win again? Put the comment in YouTube. I'm interested to see people's take on Hideki. Speaking of comments, uh, I, I liked this one that I just saw in the chat uh, from Bradley Valeski while we're talking about top 20s. He mentioned uh, Warinsky, your boy Warinsky, with that hole in one. Uh, little, little, little top twenty there. I like oh, that one. I, I like that one. That's what I love about the chat feature. I don't like a whole lot about the chat feature, but I do like that. So, guys, um, yeah, Warinsky totally crotch punched me last week, embarrassed me on TikTok and everywhere. By the way, I'm t- we're TikTok famous. If you guys aren't following us on TikTok, you should at Tour Junkies. Um, we have we have blown up on TikTok as of today. We had a, we have a massive video, thirty almost thirty thousand views right now. We have gone from our our follower count has increased like six x today with our TikTok content. So we're about to be TikTok famous, and we're going to quit our jobs. So yeah, there you go, Sam. Look at that, Sam. He's quick on it. Follow the tour junkies on TikTok. Love it. All right, Pat. Let's get into the final segment of the night. Welcome to the first twenty twenty one. Chunk and run. Chunk and run. There we go. There we go. There's the chunk and run. It is, uh, it's one of our favorite segments all year. It's where we 
we answer a golf-related question from the listeners, and then we answer a non-golf-related question from the listeners, and this one was spurred on by a particular listener. Um, well, the first question was, uh, it, is a, it is our non-golf question. If you could cheat on something, this is in honor of Patrick Reed, in your everyday life, Pat, and get away with it, what would you cheat on? Or do you already do that? I'll let you go. This one was difficult for me because I didn't really know. I just read the question and I didn't really know which angle you might be like aiming for because sometimes I feel like you are. But um, <laughs> here's what I would cheat on because I just feel like it would make my life easier. Um, I would cheat on anything traffic related that told me what I had to do when I'm driving. Okay. okay, so that would mean like if there's a stop sign, I don't have to, I can cheat. I don't need that stop sign. I can go straight through it. If it's a red light and nobody's around me, I'm going right through the red light. I don't care. If, if, if I, it tells me to yield, screw it. I'm not going to yield. Like if it's a one way street, but I don't see another car coming, I want to go down that one way street. So I want to like, I want to like, abolish all traffic like got like it tells it's telling me what to do i know it's trying to keep people safe but i don't like what it's trying to tell me to do i don't want to follow any of those rules i just want to i want to go to work and come back or drive somewhere like on vacation and not have to follow a single traffic mm. signal and i'm gonna cheat on it all like i'm gonna do my own thing in the traffic world okay so that that's really the first thing that popped in my head is i just i don't want to fi- follow any traffic rules I get that. I get that. That that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I went a different route, and I'm not trying to be alcoholic. Okay, I'm not trying to be alcoholic, but I would drink at work. I, I think it should be if I could get away with drinking at work, I would drink at work because I think, and I actually don't think that would lead to me drinking any necessarily anymore. I think if I could drink a little bit at work, have a little bit of something, I I wouldn't be as I wouldn't I wouldn't want to drink as bad when I got home. You know what I mean? Like, but sometimes, can you think about how much better your day would be if you could just, you know, God, I got to go to this meeting. I'm in meeting after meeting. My boss is pissing me off. You know, I got this going on. I'm stressed to the max. Can I just get like a little tequila? You know, like if I could just get a little bit of that, can you think about how much better your day would go? You know, if you oh, could just. Oh, no, I like that. I don't, I, I, I'm all for that. And, and, but... and I'm not, again, I'm not condoning, uh, I'm not condoning. Uh, alcoholism. I'm not. I'm not doing that at all. No. No alcoholism whatsoever here on this show. I don't endorse. But for real though, um, it, I mean, how much easier would our work days be? So, well, in moderation. And I do not already do that. That is not something I already do. I've never done that. I did have a kid in college. I remember he used to come in in the mornings with a screwdriver in his like coffee mug, you know, vodka and or- orange juice. And well, I you know, it brings up another point. So I will say this, like not only should like maybe a beer or two at lunch be acceptable and not frowned upon, but I feel like napping. I feel like napping at work. Oh God. Be- yes. Like, oh. like you should get like a little 30 minutes, 45 minutes under your desk. And you just like, if, if somebody walks by your cubicle and you're napping under your oh, desk, praise God or whatever, like they shouldn't frown upon that. They should be like, Oh, that's Pat. It's nap time at the office. And 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 my nap time is going to be thirty minutes from now when I usually take my nap. Like yeah. I mean, that should be like a normal thing at work. It's been proven in science. Yeah, I'm for I'm for real. I'm down with that. I might even take napping over drinking a little bit. Um, yeah, I would take a good napping idea. over drinking. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. All right. Um, 
final question is our, our thoughts on Patrick Reed uh, this this past weekend. We, we're not going to belabor this. Listen, um, this is a classic example of be who you can afford to be. I've said it on this podcast before. It's one of my favorite quotes. Bruce Arians throws it around a lot in the NFL. Be who you can afford to be, right? Did Patrick Reed cheat on Saturday? From what we know, from what we saw, technically, no. However, it's really hard for me to believe that when he's rooting around in that darn hole after he picked the ball out like a, like a, like a, like a, you know, like he's looking a, for a mole or something, like a young man in his, you know, in high school with his girlfriend. I, he's rooting around in that thing, dude. He was messing around a long time and palming the golf ball like that. You're getting into territory where, man, be who you can afford to be, and yo ass can't afford to be much other than a cheater. So be above board. Call your playing competitors over. Mark the ball. Ask them to watch you. Look at it. If you're going to pick up the ball, pick it up with your fingers right here and get rid of it, right? Don't be rooting around in there like you're, like you're, like you're, you're cleaning out a, a shower drain or something. Just, he's like leaning on the hole and he's doing all, he's like, he was in there mining. Shit, he was looking for gold or something. I don't know what he was doing, but get away from it. It looked like he cheated. By definition, I guess he didn't. But I feel like he just he's cheated before, right? We all he's cheated multiple times before. He cheated in college. He we have stories. We have multiple stories. He's cheated in every year he cheats. He wins every year, he cheats every year. So I feel like he walked up here and you know he he knew he had a volunteer that was freaking clueless. He knew he was playing with two young guys on the tour that might not call him out in Lonto Griffin and Will Gordon. And he just, uh, he just, you know. Hey, listen, though. But he made me feel some special. God, he made me feel some special things in my loins at the Ryder Cup in 2016, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. But, dude, is it? he cheated. And I know Rory... I know Rory did the same freaking thing, except he didn't root around in the hole and and then hold, palm the golf ball. And and Rory just doesn't have a record of cheating. So it's it's be who you can afford to be. And, and Reed can't afford to be anything. I mean, he needs to be beyond reproach. That's the issue. And to me, the biggest issue is the PGA Tour and like the betting aspect of it. As betting is now going to be a thing, people are going to be... This is going to be an issue, right? Like, I know I would have loved to have seen him assess the penalty. Now, ultimately, he won by five shots, and it wouldn't matter. But, I mean, we had Ortiz and Adam Scott. I would have loved to have Ortiz and Adam Scott maybe have a one-shot lead going into Sunday instead of being a couple behind. Maybe Reed plays it different. I don't know. But, like, it's definitely a thing the more betting comes into play that these rules officials and these gallery people, which are just freaking old, wrinkly volunteers, like every tour stop. We we see it every week, do we not? Do we not see a clip every week of ball gets hit off the tee, player goes, oh, it's going right, it's going right, and then the camera shows, and the camera, it happened this week, and there's a volunteer who's supposed to be a spotter with his back turned looking the other direction, and the ball lands behind him, and then he just goes, uh-huh. It literally happened at Torrey Pines this week. So you have volunteers that are clueless. 
that don't know what they're doing, and you have rules officials that are pandering or, or, or maybe intimidated by certain tour pros. I don't know, man. All in all, I feel like there needs to be something different from how the PGA Tour handles this thing when the betting market is not six states, but it's all 50. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking the volunteers and stuff like that, I just I don't really have much to add other than the fact that they, you know, the for one, they're doing it for free. They're not, you know, the, following the golf ball off the tee isn't exactly that easy. If you're for one, if you're not like a, a, a golfer, it's tough. Um, so I can't even really blame. I'm not gonna blame a volunteer because they didn't see the ball. Are you a, are now, you look, a geriatric sympathizer here? What are you? No, but if you had a bunch of fans out there, they're they're gonna be able to easily say, yeah, the ball true. bounced because there's true. so many. But right now, there's no fans to even look at that. But either way. What it all boils down to to me is just the fact that, like, how simple is it just to look at it and say, okay, I think this ball may be embedded, but I don't know. Let me call the official over, make sure, you know, and then move on. Now, there could be – I know there's a pace of play deal there that you could talk about, but if it's, you know, in a – you know, especially when you're one of the leaders of the event, you've got to protect the field. And this, there's a there's just – there's that whole aspect of it. Rory did the same thing. And he, what he did shouldn't happen either. So it's just, and I'm not sympathetic to Reed. Reed has brought all of this on himself. I mean, he really has. It's just, he, he just doesn't seem to go things. He has got this microscope on him already for being a cheater and for the perception of being a cheater that when you get into this situation, you have to go to the you know to to separate to additional links to make sure yeah that it because he's already brought this this on himself it's 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 only his own fault so at this point you know what so what if it's slower or whatever he's got to call that official over and say i think this is an embedded ball and then they can make that decision from that standpoint over you know lanto made a, a, a some comments afterwards where he said that 99 percent of the field of, of golfers probably would have gone the opposite direction and they would have said you know what it's not embedded they would have played it and gone on and then he said that you know and then it was unfortunate and all that kind of stuff. he and xander i think were the two that, that xander came out and said yeah that, that there were yeah. some guys talking about it and they weren't happy with it yeah so i mean that's you know, the biggest thing that you can hear if, if you're a pro golfer that can can should should matter to you is not what twitter says is not what Golf Channel says and Brandel Chambly and all those folks. It should be what your peers say, okay? So if your peers, like your Lantos, your Xander, and whoever else, if they're if they're talking crap or whatever about it, that's what should matter to you. That should would, would be that should be what matters to everybody else, not what the media and whatever else and you know Twitter's going you know crazy about it when it happened. It's your peers. It's just like in your normal job, like like for anybody with a real job, you know, like you want your peers to respect you. Yeah, he that's doesn't care want. though, man. He ain't got time for peers. The wife doesn't let him have peers. He he he's got his he's got his in law family tree. That's all he's got. So. He doesn't care. He wants to win golf tournaments. Maybe not. That isn't so. Yeah. It's still not going to do him any good. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Um. All right. That's that's good. That's all we got. I mean, you can listen to a hundred different podcasts about that if you want. But be who you can afford to be. You know, he should have been beyond reproach in how he handled it. I don't even think he had to call the rules official over. Apparently, it's pretty common practice that most pros don't. But most pros call over a playing competitor to lay eyes on it. 
with them. That's the difference. Like, call over Lonto or Will Gordon and say, hey, guys, come here. I want you to look at this. Make sure you agree, you know, that this that this ball is embedded. And then don't palm the thing and freaking root around in there like you're doing something. Creepy. Real creepy. Playing damn, it's like they're playing winter rules. Just roll it in the fairways and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and if it's not even a fair, maybe it's not a fairway. We'll just roll hey, it anyway. Hey, but again, I'm as wishy washy on Patrick Reed as they come because I was on the hollowed Hazeltine grounds in 2016, where he just made me feel stuff in my cockles that I will not soon forget. I will on my deathbed remember that Sunday at the Ryder Cup. The reason we made this shirt. I just, I got, I have like this constant push pull with Patrick Reed in my in my heart and in my soul and my gut. I still think Ryder Cup. I mean, you look at it when we were there. Um, you know, you had that great battle on Sunday with Rory, but um, hole number one, oh, you and I that's were what I'm sitting talking there. About. Oh. He makes this, you know, incredible up and par down for par. Yeah, and it was on. From there, and the 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 atmosphere was just electric, and yeah. uh, so that that's the thing that keeps pulling me back, like you, to Patrick Reed. Yeah, is uh, is is you know Captain America. Yeah, yeah. We're, All we're right. Well, that's the Waste Management Phoenix Open 2021. We're the Tour Junkies. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out. Don't forget, uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe, comment on the Hideki situation. Sign up for the Nut Hut, um, all that fun stuff. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll be back next week. Going to have a special guest next week, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we're going to have a special guest next week who's going to be on the grounds at Pebble uh, to talk about what's going on at Pebble Beach. That should be fun. Shout out. Thanks to producer Sam, the Props Network, all that good stuff. We appreciate it. May your screens be green. See ya. Oh.